It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Today's musical guest, Stevie Earl. our musical guest. It's uh, tough to get more country than Hillbilly Highway. Hillbilly Highway is pretty good, <laughs> but he's more of a rocky, you know, he's a, he's a different kind of a redneck music, that's for sure. Stevie Earl, but uh, he's become one of my favorites uh, since uh, those those late night moments when I'm in the car and uh, there might not be a ball game on and I oh. listen to a little bit Outlaw Country. Mm-hmm. And uh, he does have a show on Outlaw Country on the weekends where it's a history lesson in ba- mostly Texas music, but a lot of uh, Nashville music. And, uh, you know, he was kind of a... a uh, a reckless waif, let's say this, because when he was 14, he ran away to home, ran away from home to try to hang out with his hero, Towns Van Zant. Oh, who was well established as one of the great carousers in the history mm-hmm. of one of the great talents, but also one of the great carousers in the history of music. And uh, he he got to meet Towns and had a you know Towns's early demise, but he uh, he was became very close friends with him when he was about when Stevie was about eighteen or nineteen. But he also uh, was in a, uh, a a backup band for uh, Guy Clark too, and uh, Guy Clark is like the other Towns Van Zant and my guy Richard Justice from MLB.com. Sure, world now I wouldn't put him up against Johnny Hype, but. Kind of the world's leading expert and lover of uh, Texas redneck country, whatever, sure. whatever kind of music. I didn't know Richard had that in his portfolio. Oh, oh, oh he's he's unbelievable. Well, next but, time we have Mon, screw baseball. Let's yeah, talk but, but music. Guy Clark and Van Zant were his. He's, <laughs> oh, he, really? He says these guys are the original. These guys are the giants. And this this guy Stevie Earle was hanging around with those guys. Military brat. Uh, born on uh, Fort Monroe, Virginia, base. His old man was in the military. Uh, but uh, two years old, they moved to San Antonio. That's kind of where he started around. He is uh, one of the most interesting uh, characters in music. There is uh, no doubt about it. Uh, today's, uh, uh, I know uh, he's uh, he's been with Towns Van Zant, Guy Clark, Lucinda Williams, Ray Wiley Hubbard, who's another crazy son of a gun. Uh, Joan Baez, he hung around with her for a while. James McMurtry, he has had uh, quite a career, to say the least. First time he got married, he was 18 or 19. I, I think he's gone through a few, uh, <laughs> like like most uh, Those things happen. Western music. Uh, and uh, his sister is a musician, Stacy. His niece, Emily, is. 
Uh, he uh, he can write your, he can write some uh, left wing uh, political tunes too, and was a big supporter of Bernie Sanders and stuff like that. So he's a he's a uh, uh, you know dyed in the wool. Uh, lefty, that's for sure. Texas standards, that's probably, uh, you don't find many of those. But uh, Stevie Earle, and he has a tremendously large catalog, both his own songs and songs that he wrote for other people. He wrote songs for Johnny Cash, Waylon Jennings, Travis Tritt, Vince Gill, uh, a whole Emmy Lou Harris, all kinds of uh, people. Stevie Earle, who, by the way, I'm surprised I didn't realize he was this old. He's uh, 63 years old, turned 63 January 17th. I want to take a, just a slight left turn. Mm-hmm. Now, Richard Justice covers the Astros or the Rangers for uh, He's Houston-based, but he's not a beat guy. He's a columnist. Okay, but I just I know he was Texas way. Yeah, Houston. He's uh, a Houston guy, but he also worked in... Uh, Three different papers in Dallas, and then he okay. worked in the Washington Post. He was the beat writer during the uh, Gibbs years at the Washington Post. Okay. He and Gibbs, tight as can be. Because I didn't know, when I forget who it was then that we had on when you were talking ball with him, and he called the team the Houstons, and I absolutely mm-hmm. fell in love with that. But that, no, mo- that, that was wouldn't boxer. have been. I think that was Boxer. That was Boxer. boxer. Oh, okay. Always refers to the team as the, as the Houston. When he said the, they're playing the Houstons, I about yeah, lost yeah, it. Yeah, so that wouldn't a, have been Justice. Okay, no, that, that would have been. That was Box. But, uh, but Justice is uh, wired on on the Astros, and we had him on two three yeah. times last year when the Astros were. I didn't uh, know he was a Gibbs guy. Oh yeah, yeah. He and Gibbs. He he had he'd call Gibbs at home. Really? You know? Yeah, he had that kind of a relationship. Gibbs wasn't a media guy, right? He oh, did, he was good. Was he? He was good. Oh, okay, yeah, okay. But not. You know, he wasn't, he was, when he was doing football, it was serious, but he would, he was a good, he was good. I told you my Gibbs story. Remind me. I'm talking to the coach at, at Rice. So this goes back to, I think Joe Salem. We go back a while. Okay. Okay. This is going back a while because Rice, which is terrible, is going to play Joe, who was terrible. To start the, I think, the season that got him fired, the 84 season. Okay. I think they beat Rice in the opener. Okay. But I, I got a hold of this guy, Ray Alborn, who was the Rice coach during the week. Mm-hmm. And there weren't a lot of demands on the Rice coach. You could call him up. You know? <laughs> hey, I need, here he you go. <laughs> and they were coming off a terrible year. And uh, I remember the great quote he gave me was, there's a, a straight street down there where the hookers hang out. Like 42nd Street. Sure. Oh, my goodness. And he says, they're so mad at me down here, even the girls on 42nd Street won't wave at me. You know? But he was on the coach of Bill, on the staff of Bill Peterson, who was a coach at Florida State, later the Houston Oilers coach. Okay. A pretty successful coach. Kind of started the Florida State thing, but world famous for his malaprops. He'd say, like, yeah, you know, gentlemen, you know, I don't want any panky hanky around here. And, you know, I mean, he was he would screw up everything. And he and Alborn started telling me about uh, the the great malaprops they had. And he had me howling on the phone. He said, "Well, you should call Gibbs." He said, "Gibbs has got because Gibbs was on that staff." Sure. He says, "You should call Gibbs. He's got some great stories." I said, well, "I don't have Gibbs' number." And he says, "Well, here's his number. Call him. Call him. Call him. <laughs> Why not?" So I call up his well, Joe Gibbs' answer, wife's answer. He's coaching the Redskins. His wife answers, and I said, "Okay." Ray Alborn gave me this number. 
he told me to call up and have Joe give me some Bill Peterson malaprops. And she said, oh, he'll do that. <laughs> he came on the phone for wow. 10 minutes. Had you asked him for an interview no, on the game, you would have been hung up on. <laughs> but he was howling. I was howling because he was giving me malaprops. You're kidding me. Oh, no, that was great. Yeah, and he was, he was. I was out there a few times. He was always good. So did you get a did you get a piece out of it out oh, of the sure, show? I wrote it, but it's back in my St. Paul files. Okay. I don't know where it is, but yeah, oh yeah, God yes, it was it was fabulous. It was a wonderful layup from. Uh, but uh, yeah, Gibbs. Did you hear that part, Johnny? By the way, that Patrick was talking about your guy Stevie Earle. What about him? Uh, what? Richard huh? Justice is a big. Uh, oh really? Richard is. Uh, he says Steve uh, Townsman. Well, the. Stevie Earle, you know, as a kid, set out to run around with Towns Van, Towns yeah, Van Zandt, sure right? As you well know. And, yes. But he says Van Zandt and Guy Clark are the are the were the guys, it, a, you know, the, the the founders basically of of that music down are, there. They are worshipped in Texas. Yes. And, uh, there's a Steve Earle quote about uh, Towns Van Zandt that says. I love Bob Dylan. I love Bob Dylan, but I'll go dance on his dining room table and tell him that Towns Van Zandt's the best song which is a pretty good quote. <laughs> yeah, and apparently Guy Clark down there is held in the same stead yes, as he was. Very much so, so uh, and he was he was on in uh, Stevie Earle was in his band for a while too. Yep. So, all right, what was Guy Clark's uh, gal's name? Uh, wasn't it Susan Clark? I think, yeah, uh, and she I was like was. almost as famous as him, right? Yeah, she was yeah. supposed to be great. Although too. she took a back seat later then after after he got a little more well, famous. Well, he was a tough uh, tough marriage apparently to uh, <laughs> yeah. keep him under control was a little uh, difficult. All, all those guys, those Texas guys, they all, uh, well, they enjoy substances, shall we say. <laughs> yes, right. Well, Steve Earle what, was, went to prison yeah. twice at least that yeah. we know of for heroin uh, yeah. He's, he's pretty clean. He doesn't he's look clean, clean now. now, but he is clean. He's clean. You watch, You were a wire guy, right? You watched The Wire. Oh, yeah. He played the counselor, remember? He was the... Oh, was that him? I didn't even know that. Yeah, he was the counselor uh, who was on, I think, season three, four, maybe mm-hmm. five even. The guy with the weird hair and the, the mm-hmm. beard. Yeah. yeah. And, well, he's, and that came from his own experience, he said, huh. that he could play that A counselor. great uh, music historian he is, that's for sure. Yes, very much. Because so. he hung out with all of them. Yep. All right, thanks. Uh, There's a lot of uh, unhappiness, uh, Manny, I am detecting with the uh, Timberwolves' (laughs) performance last evening. Yeah, that was, um, I mean, it was a hell of a game. It was yeah, a fun game. I mean, game, Denver's but... lost about 10 road ga- home games, right? So Yeah, I mean, they're it's... they're every bit as good as home at home as the Wolves are, have been at Target Center. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're tough to beat in that building. But, boy, yeah. you know, Wiggins. Wiggy couldn't make a shot. So. Yeah, Wiggins, terrible. You know, Belly, terrible. Gorgie Jang, terrible. Um, Carl Anthony Towns really good. Cat was great, and but you know I, I you know I had people mad at me last night because I tweeted out that you know when he fouled out, like you got you got five fouls you can't you can't bite on a fake no you can't bite on a head fake by Jamal Murray. Did he and Jamal Murray play together? Or is Murray? A year I think after they missed. Him? I think they missed, missed each, each other. other by a year. Uh, yeah. By a year, yeah, because Cat was 2015 and Jamal Murray was, but was a rookie last year. He was rumored that the Wolves should be taking him right at oh, some point. John John Calipari called Tom Thibodeau and told him to take Jamal Murray. This would have been the this would have, this the was Chris last, Dunn. This was last year. Last Chris Dunn draft. Chris yeah, Dunn or draft. or. Two years ago, yeah, yeah okay. 2016. And he's yeah. a shooter too, so yeah, that's uh, yeah. He won't. He can't guard anybody really, but he's, hey, we got those guys. Yeah, 
You know, hey, but, I, uh, let me let me tell you guys something about my sports intellect. Okay, I did not stay up to watch that game. Because, I fell asleep. Well, but, uh, because I, I knew frozen. I knew they were going to lose that game, and I knew I'd somewhat get worked up. But I. I'm desperately oh, the, hoping this thing comes the, crashing the down. The end of the well, third is, quarter is, last <laughs> night was the end of the third quarter last night was some of the worst basketball they've played all year, what and was they've the had run? some bad eighteen to four, oh, eighteen to four, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah, oh, and, and and it was in like three minutes. But like, here's was, my point. Bad. Once again, I got I'm, I've I've announced myself as the fixer on <laughs> on Twitter. Did right? you change your handle? If there's a sport, no, but it's out there. <laughs> you know, hashtag the fixer. It's all but. So if you got a sports problem, I can fix it. And somebody uh, said, "Can you fix getting get Wiggins to show up?" But here's the deal. Let me just say this about it: if indeed he did not care, okay, mm-hmm. why would he have missed one game in his career? One game in his career. Why would he have missed one game? He would come up with a sprained toe. If he didn't care, he would come up with a sprained toe. He'd have migraines. And miss six games. Yeah, migraines. Yeah. I can't practice. I can't play on Wednesdays. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> I got another so grandma what? with another funeral. He is a mystery. He is yeah. a mystery because he plays. He's averaged 36-plus minutes. In four years and missed one game. I don't think it's that he doesn't care. I don't think that's it. He does lack an inner fire that I think you need to to become a superstar in this league. That's pretty obvious when you watch him play. And I think, but he's shown flashes of of having that at times, right? And I and and I think part of the I think part of the issue. I think part of the issue too is you got to find a coach who's going to. I mean. Because people say, "Wow, you need to find somebody that's going to yell at him and get on him." No, you no, know, you you just need somebody who can reach him. Mitchell got more out of him than Tibbs has. Yes, hundred percent. Yeah, yes. Now, although he was pretty good last year, Wiggins, he was pretty. You know, yeah. But the pressure was off for the majority of the season. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean but, the the you got it. You but you got to find somebody who can just connect with him. And, th- and this was why two years ago before they hired Tibbs, like I said, they need to, because of the young, the three young guys that they have, Towns, Wiggins, Levine at that time, you got to find a young coach who can connect with these guys and grow with them and develop with them. Now, what and, I was told by a guy who knows pretty much is that he is... It's he. It's not that he doesn't care, but he is completely oblivious to outside forces. In other words, Jimmy Butler. I think Thibodeau brought Jimmy Butler in, thinking he would be a a good influence on Wiggins. Yeah, he's not a bad influence. He's not a good influence. He's not an influence. He's just not an influence. He just Wiggins, and they said the same thing about Kansas. He does. What he does, he's got an idea of how he should play basketball, and that's what he does. And and if you decide to give the ball to Jimmy Butler and have him go over and stand over behind the three-point line, he'll say, okay, this is what you want me to do. So 
I, I don't know. What, what does what that is. stem from? It, it's not. It's not an influence of of a father that well, was overbearing. His father was an NBA player, Mitchell. Yeah. I don't know. You know, Mitchell. But we a, don't really hear from him all that much. No, but I think you saw his influence when the kid changed agents. Because I think sure. I think we were looking for something for for dad for dad or something in there. I'm not. I'm not sure about that. But I don't know. What do you? What's your? I. I yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. It's very hard to. Psychoanalyze because if I, if I, you know, the guy, everybody I've known who didn't care figured out a way not to play games, right? Yes. He's played every game but one, and I don't even know the one he missed. It was last year, it was early last year, he had like a, like a neck. His neck was sore or something, and he yeah, sat out so, one game. Okay, and then, if that was a deal, he could tell him he had a sore neck 10 times a year. So he yeah. plays. I don't know. It, it's, I mean, and the the thing of it is, is, and everybody's complaining about him, and, and I get it, but the money ain't going anywhere. The contract no. is, the contract no, has been signed, and, and the, 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 the only, you can, you can go two directions with him. You can pull the plug and try and trade him and get 50 cents on the dollar because you're not going to get full value if you try to trade him right now because no. he's just not playing well. Or you can try like hell to fix him. Because uh-huh. the contract, the contract has been signed, and yep. he's gonna get the hundred forty-eight million dollars. So, and you, you know, this is not the NFL. You can't just cut him because if they trade know, him, he is going to go somewhere and flourish. Maybe not because so. that's how it works in this well, town. <laughs> but I, I have I, wondered because because there's been the 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 talk about wow, well, you know, they should have traded him for Butler instead of Levine. You know, they, if he if he, if he goes black, to Chicago, the, the Bulls weren't going to take him because they weren't going to well, pay him the max. Well, and here's the other thing too, Pat. If if he goes to the Bulls and he's healthy to start the year, so he's playing the entire year and he's not injured like Levine was. If he goes to the Bulls and he's averaging 25 points a game because Freddie Hoiberg is letting him take all the shots, are we sitting over here in Minnesota? Mad because they traded this kid that's averaging mm-hmm. twenty five yeah. points a game for the Bulls. I, I think you know? that, I think both of those things that they could have traded him for Kyrie and they could have traded him for a Butler are are, are legends. Yeah, so. and and how how about that idea of trading for Kyrie? Go, somebody had to pay him. Right, yeah. right. And how about yeah? How about that idea of trading him for Kyrie? Yeah, that I'm sure that would have worked out considering <laughs> what what's going on with Kyrie right now. He's out for the year with with a bum knee. Somebody was saying that he might be done. Because of how bad the knee is, and he's had knee it was a tension wire in his knee. So you'd rather have Derek Williams? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> that you're saying David Kahn was right? Yes, is that I what you're am. Saying? Absolutely. Not to figure out a way to move up to number one and get Kyrie. All right, we'll be back. Stevie Earle, today's uh, musical guest, uh, got has the stamp of approval from Johnny Hype. Most definitely, one of my favorites. Actually, always important to us. You ever uh, have you ever seen him in person? Uh, I actually have seen him. I saw him. It was years ago, probably twenty years ago. Really? Is that the one where you got all drunk and passed out in the parking lot? <laughs> no, no, that that didn't happen, Chris. Which one was that? That was uh, that was in the seventies. That, that was. Does Fleetwood he uh, ever come around here? He's uh, he was just here. He played. Really? I actually wanted to see it. I had something else going on. He played the entire Copperhead Road album. Really? Uh, first song to last. Which, Where? And a bunch of other stuff. Which uh, which which smaller uh, Orpheum? venue? Might have been the Orpheum. I think okay. or, one of one of those, that size. I don't remember exactly where, but yeah. Uh, yeah that would have been a fun show. Mm. If you right. interviewed Stevie Earle, would you go, hey, remember that one time when you played <laughs> Copperhead Road? I wouldn't do that. Chris. Okay. No. We'll see.
Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's not. <laughs> Go come, ahead, sir. I'm going to come over there and slap Chris you before He's done with reading. me this week. I am done with you. <laughs> this update sponsored by Napa Auto Parts. Napa Auto Parts has the expertise and parts you need to help keep your car on the road no matter how many miles it has. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Uh, no Twins game today. They have the day off. They'll be back at it tomorrow afternoon. A 105 game at Target Field against Seattle. I bet they play, even if it is going to be 27 at the first pitch, huh? Yeah, well, considering they're that. probably the going to get snowed out on yeah. Sunday, too. Yeah. Could end up with a, a blizzard in the fifth inning on Sunday, mm-hmm. <laughs> the sounds of it. Uh, Timberwolves, uh, of course, lost to Denver last night. They'll play the Lakers out on the West Coast tonight. Jimmy Butler, according to a report from Mark Stein, will make his long-awaited return to the court this evening. Uh, here's how things sit. The Wolves are tied with the Nuggets for the final playoff spot in the Western Conference at 44-35. and Three games left to play, including a rematch of the two teams in the final game of the regular season. That is Wednesday night at Target. The sports calendar around here never relaxes. Uh, That'll also be the night the Wild open against the Winnipeg Jets because apparently there's a concert at the Winnipeg Arena Thursday night. So uh, Hmm. it'll be uh, Wild Jets and uh, Timberwolves Denver both playing Wednesday night. Won't they open in Winnipeg, though? That's what I said. There's a concert at the Winnipeg Arena Thursday night. Oh, I see what you're saying. Because I was like, how would that so conflict with Wednesday? Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking, this just popped into my head apropos of nothing. I also saw Steve Earle open for Bob <laughs> Dylan on Harriet Island. <laughs> really? Yeah, and boy, I don't know, 90-something, whatever. 90-something, mm-hmm. that's all I can say. My guy, uh... 90-something. <laughs> well, I don't remember. <laughs> my guy, Mason Ginsburg, who covers the, uh, the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had him on our podcast a couple months ago. He uh, tweeted out, uh, the other night, that there is a possibility that in the Western Conference, seeds four through eight could all finish with the same record wow. at forty-six and thirty-six. Now, what what do you do then? Put them all together. I think you just you'd, the you'd, best record. You'd, you'd fact, yeah, you'd just factor in tiebreakers. And I think at that time, and I don't know if last night's game changed it, but the Wolves would actually have the tiebreaker over everybody at 46 wins. So Just yeah. win the last three, you jackasses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, at the Masters... No, tank four Tibbs. <laughs> <laughs> at the Masters, Patrick Reed is uh, at 7-under through 10. Uh, Mark Leishman at 5-under through 11. Charlie Hoffman tied with Leishman at 5-under through 9 holes. Tiger, uh, if you're wondering, he's through 12 today, and he is 5-over par. Right on the point. cut line right now. Yeah. I got to check out the Majors Fantasy Golf Challenge. Do they? Tiger has been hitting it everywhere. He cannot hit his driver everywhere but the fairway. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> NCAA hockey championship game is set for tomorrow night. Uh, Bulldogs, Bulldogs. That's, that's right. Duluth beat Ohio State yesterday. Notre Dame beat Michigan. The Bulldogs will face the Irish tomorrow night. Uh, Duluth last year. Lost don't, don't, for the Pat, public, don't that's a pretty damn good matchup, isn't it? You got the uh, Notre Dame with their national reputation and UMD. Mm-hmm. Pat, don't we want Notre Dame to win just to make all the Big Ten hockey haters even more upset? Yeah, we got to root for New UMD though. It drives <laughs> Gopher fans crazier if the <laughs> if the Branch so, School wins than if Notre Dame wins. So Gopher fans will be upset either way then. Yeah, yeah, but the good yes, but the good news <laughs> is 
I can keep writing the University of Minnesota won the national championship. <laughs> <laughs> How to alienate a fan base <laughs> by right. Patrick Royce. That's right. <laughs> they, uh, they had good crowds, Chris pointed yeah. out earlier today, or yesterday. Oh, Eight. yeah. They, that thing's an automatic sellout. Is it? Yeah, it has yeah. been for years now. Yeah. Well, why was I recalling when the the last time the Frozen Four when the Gophers missed? They they had a tough time selling. To, or was that a Final Five that I'm thinking yeah, of? Maybe it wasn't. No, the Frozen Four has been a sellout okay. for 10, 15 years. Got it. Ago. UFC star uh, Conor McGregor released from custody on $50,000 bail today. This after is the dumbest thing ever. He's been charged with assault and criminal mischief. From uh, This all comes from yesterday. basically attacking UFC friends, right? That's correct. Mm-hmm. Charged with three counts of misdemeanor assault, one count of, uh, this could be the bad one for him, felony criminal mischief. If you were the type of idiot that buys this fight because of what you saw on the internet yesterday, you are part of the problem. No. I'm going to get this fight. Look at how mad he is. Uh, he doesn't even have a fight, does he? I don't know what. I don't know. Well, it's part is. of the publicity machine okay. that is ultimate fighting, is my point. Well, yes. but he's charged with a felony, Chris. Yeah. <sighs> felony, Chris. Okay, John. I don't think he did that for publicity. <laughs> now I've had enough of you this week. There might have been some chemicals in him. Uh, he uh, apparently, <laughs> there was Either disturbed. that or Floyd did something mm-hmm. to him in their fight last year. The mm-hmm. chief of detectives, Robert Boyce, said it all happened because there was the dispute about a vacated title. And the person he was arguing with was not injured. Mm-hmm. That person, though, was on the bus. Judge also issued an order of protection involving several of the fighters, including Ray Borg and Michael Chiesa. She ordered mm-hmm. McGregor to stay away from them and noted that includes social media. You know what Connor needs? Another tattoo to relax him. That's <laughs> another tattoo. All right, Johnny. Thank you. You bet. The uh, Twins, uh, another comeback victory uh, yesterday against Seattle. I was walking by the manager's office 45 minutes after the game, after being in the clubhouse. There was something going on in the bank. There were some hijinks back, and everybody all rushed back to the back of the clubhouse. Not another eagle getting loose or something? No, no, some team prank going on back there. So everybody was back there, and there was a lot of howling of laughter. Uh, I didn't get the report on what the fellas were doing in the back. Was it a dance party? Are we done with the dance? No, we're done with, we got the Joe presenting the baseballs is what we do now. Ah. Joe, Joe presents the baseballs okay. after the victories. But I think that process was already over uh, by the time we got in the clubhouse. It had to be because we didn't get in the clubhouse for about 10 minutes. But then suddenly there were four or five guys in the clubhouse and something happened and all of a sudden everybody got up and they're in the back and there was howls of laughter ah. right I, they they decided to um, make fun of somebody you know you reminded me uh, a couple of years ago you know what was a pretty good prank remember the first really good run that wichita state went on in the ncaa tournament yes four or five years ago whenever that was, it was the year that yeah. uh, one team in louisville <laughs> won a championship yeah. that doesn't when, exist anymore when guardy convinced Pelf that they had called for him to give the inspirational speech <laughs> in, the I lo- I, in the locker room. That was pretty good because mm-hmm. he was doing it speakerful, and they were like, "That that's it." That's yeah. he's like, well, "What do you want?" Yeah, I thought that was a pretty good prank. That Molly uh, <laughs> Molly uh, would not uh, participate in as many pranks as the uh, as Gardenhire. Gardy had a great one already with the Tigers, but I can't remember what it was. He he pulled something on somebody already with the Tigers uh, before the in spring training. Okay, something similar. But uh, uh, but here's the deal: the uh, the bullpen reinforcements, the Wiley veterans that they brought in. Mm-hmm. Addison Reed is throwing the throwing the fire out of the ball to quote uh, Gardy. 
You know uh, what, Zach too? Duke came in and then escaped from that uh, situation that Presley had gotten in, and Fernando was fine. You Walked know what I love? Day. I remember Molitor's quote the day after they signed Addison Reed, and he was 100% right. The ball comes out of his hand, and it doesn't come at you straight. Mm-hmm. That thing is, mo- yes. even his fastball, that thing's moving all over the place. Um, he's been fantastic. He's been good. And the funny thing is, again, spring training, bad. Right. But you could yeah. tell. He was working on You could on tell stuff. he was a guy who didn't really care. He just wanted to get get his arm loose and get Where his innings in. Yep. And he, he's, you could tell he didn't care. But, of course, the great thing is you got these three guys now. They're seven, eight, and nine, or, you know, they're going to get your last six to nine outs, right? Mm-hmm. That means Hildenberger and Rogers can get you to the through the sixth inning, they've, which they've done two days in a row, right? Two and games in a row. Gibby, after a rough start, hung in there was, and gave him a chance. Uh, you know, at least. a lot of ugly hits. A lot of not. Mm-hmm. They weren't that many balls hit hard. There were a couple hit hard, but he he was okay. He wasn't great, but he was okay. You know what? It's hard to judge any pitcher right now because of the weather, because yep. of the grip, and it's so damn cold and. Uh, and uh, but he he was okay. Uh, it'll be interesting to see uh, Brios in that weather tomorrow. I don't know if uh, I don't know if I was the opponents if I'd be wanting to face him in uh, twenty eight degree temperatures. But uh, it also concerns you about uh, having a kid like that with it being the future of your franchise out there going out there when it's thirty. Yeah, doing. But um, they uh, the the one issue they had, and I think we saw it yesterday. This is a pretty good club, even without Polanco, but I do not like their left-handed their lineup against left-handed pitching. I agree with you. Grossman cannot hit fourth for you. Uh, I don't know what he's going to do. It was interesting yesterday that the left-handed outfielder that he chose to play was Kepler, who hit 140-something against or 170-something against lefties last year over Eddie. Uh I think maybe that was telling Kepler, okay, you're going to have to face these guys and get some hitting. But, but was it also part of the the good at-bats Kepler has taken already this season against well, the left-handers? Well, that was probably two of it. And he might have been mad at Eddie because Eddie didn't run out that ball. Oh. Then Eddie comes up and hits a home run. Yes, he did. By the way, <laughs> makes you a lot makes you feel a lot better when Fernando comes in when he's got a little wiggle room facing the meat of their order. But so. by the way, Eddie should have been out the, the pitch prior to that home run he hit. Did you see the the location? Oh, gosh, yeah. Manny and I were sitting here doing the we were doing the beer show, right? Yeah, yep. and I forget the relief pitcher from Seattle, but that thing was right here, right down the yeah. middle, and the umpire just said, "Nope, ball." Next pitch, Eddie golfed it into the stands in right field. Well, uh, you know, Eddie's known for his good eye at the plate, so the guy probably <laughs> gave, the guy probably gave him credit for you know Ted Williams. He didn't swing, to, so that must have been a ball. They didn't call Ted Williams out. They don't call Joe right. out. They didn't call Ted Williams out. Why would you call Eddie out? <laughs> but that and it was the best because the the reaction from the relief pitcher as soon as Eddie hit it, he knew and he just glared like I shouldn't even be out here right yes, now. Well, yeah. gosh, Rosario, he did, he didn't swing at that. It had to have been too low. Right? <laughs> uh, but uh, they've uh, to this point, there's uh, been reasons to feel good. That's for sure because they I like the I like them. Yeah. I, I, you know, the 15, 2015, you always felt like it was a fraud, you know. That well, it was, it was one went. It was one good, they had a really good May. Yeah. And, yeah, and they were kind and of And last mediocre year, after that. 
Last year they were better. There was there was more foundation there, but they still use thirty seven pitchers. They're thirty six pitchers and seventeen starters. Oh, this man. is this is like unless people start getting hurt. This is a you might this might be a year when you use twenty pitchers instead of thirty six. You know, and so. that's why I think too. Once you get Irv back, you know if he can. Not, I mean, I don't think he's going to replicate what he did a season ago, but he's still a pretty good starting pitcher when he's healthy. And But I agree with you. I think the lack of some right-handed pop, I mean, Morrison was a great addition, don't get me wrong, but the lack of right-handed pop, especially against left-handed pitching, well, I think when you will, look at the lineup, it's just, uh, did you, you know, yesterday you look at that lineup and you say, this is not going to be easy. Now Mitch Garver could really help him if, uh, yeah. you know, if he starts pounding left-handers. But can he, he frame? He's home run off a right-hander. Can he frame? Does he have I don't pitch know. He, uh, the first uh, game he caught was Barrios. I thought the framing was very good. Pretty good. Game. Yeah, um, it wasn't bad. It wasn't his poise. And it wasn't his, <laughs> it, was, it wasn't the fact that he had a, curveball that nobody could hit or was throwing 94 where he wanted to it was his framing that really made Absolutely. the difference you know what it was it was toughness yep toughness. he had toughness oh, that's, right. that's what toughness. it was yeah unlike unlike wiggins if he showed up you know Berea showed up and showed i was somebody somebody threw up to me yesterday this team has heart well, no, they got talent. <laughs> they got some talent. Yeah. Oh, that's what I was going to ask you. I love the heart. Did you see Passan's piece yesterday about locking up the young players? Did you see his report on that? No. So we, you were gone, but we it was widely speculated as to which players they were trying to lock up long term. He had speculated, Passan, I'm talking now, speculated that the Twins had approached four, was it, Manny? Four different young players. And Buxton was one of them because Buxton there was another and piece. Buxton I think that's a bad idea, because if you go to the young players and Sano isn't one of them, and Sano won't be one of them, then you're just irritating him. Just wait till the season's over and then go to them. and then go talk to him. Yes, don't 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 give the big boy some reason to be upset because maybe he'll start eating. <laughs> maybe he'll eat his frustrations no. and then he'll be then he'll just explode. And it'll be really an ugly thing. at 350. Yeah, right. I don't want to irritate him cuz I like it when he hits home runs at win games. Yes, I do too. Yes, all right. Quiet please. We'll be on the air. And now this day in history. Patrick. in Europe for three years. During that time, America had remained neutral. But on April 6, 1917, Congress voted to declare war on Germany and enter the fighting on the side of Britain and France. A year and five months later, the war would end, but the consequences of the brief engagement would be dramatic for the United States. Yes, on this day in history, April 6th, 1917, uh, the U.S. entered the war, declared war against Germany. The war had been going on for uh, three years. Uh, we had attempted to uh, uh, give some help to the Brit, the British and the French, but uh, uh, we were uh, publicly neutral. Uh, Woodrow Wilson was the president. He was a bit of a pacifist. He didn't want to get in there. But the Germans started sinking ships, most famously, they sunk the uh, Lusitania, a British-owned ocean liner, in uh, 1916, was it? 1915. 
and uh, they torpedoed it. There were 2,000 passengers aboard. 1,200 were killed, including 128 Americans. That started the whole movement to get us involved in the war. And uh, eventually, in February 1917, German Germany resumed its policy of unrestricted submarine warfare in the war zone waters. They sunk a uh, U.S. American liner called the Housatonic, and uh, that got things rolling. And pretty soon, uh, we were in the war, World War One, which was a brutal battle that was fought. Uh, we were only in it for a year and a half before we defeated the Germans. And that was the war to end all wars until another one started, uh, until the Germans right. started another one oh, 20 years later. They were, uh, they were a plucky group back then. You couldn't really trust them. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.